Brad and I were talking about the lyrics to that song this last week, and it's, it is one of those songs um, th- that you hear all of your life. And, and to be honest with you, not one of my favorites. Um, but now it is, uh, because I had never really paid attention to the lyrics. And, and wow, throughout the song, it says, man, someday I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a, a, a feeling of how much I truly owe. And that last verse, um, somehow, my God, while I'm on this earth, uh, give me a taste. Uh, give me just a peek. Um, and, and when we say how much I owe, uh, it's not about, wow, this, this, you know, it, it's not supposed to be this burden of what a horrible person I am. It, it's instead supposed to be this burden of how great a God we serve, how much he has done for us. Um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about heaven uh, this morning. And, and uh, man, I'm, I'm super excited about a couple of things that I want to share with you uh, this morning. But before I get into that, uh, I want to kind of draw your attention to the, the handout that's in the back of your uh, bulletin. On Wednesday nights, we're going to be going through a study on First and Second Peter. And uh, man, we got Milt Brown, John Wilson, Billy Shea, I mean, Chuck Van Cole. Got a lot of men bringing some amazing messages. And uh, with evenings getting a little bit lighter, man, I want to encourage you. Um, on Wednesday nights, come be a part of this. I think it's going to be a really refreshing uh, and rewarding study of First uh, and Second Peter. So on Sunday mornings, uh, we've been we've been talking about um, uh, we did this series called Post It, and and months ago I put out a kind of a Post It board, I guess a bulletin board, and people just put up different notes of man, I'd like to talk about this. Um, I guess one thing that I've always tried to do in, in preaching is I've always dreaded somebody saying, and it still happens and I say it, somebody saying, why don't we ever talk about fill in the blank? And so years ago, I was like, I'm going to do a series where I go through every book of the Bible. And then I was like, now I'm going to do something where I just put up, hey, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. And there's going to be a lot of heavy topics ahead of this because this is, I'm going to love this. But so many questions had to do um, with, with heaven. Well, we know each other in heaven. What's heaven like? Will I see my granddad in heaven? That's a question that hit home with me. It probably hit home uh, with some of you guys uh, as well. What, what, is, what is this heaven thing? And um, I'm going to talk about that some this morning. Uh, what's crazy to me is I made these two fake pie charts. Uh, they're completely fake because I just made up the numbers. Um, but that's approximately how much time we'll spend in eternity. Obviously, you would not see the fraction that has life on earth. But, but that is what life in eternity looks like, right? This blue. And then this little tiny pink sliver here is my life on this earth. So here's what's mind-blowing to me. Why is Scripture exactly the opposite of this? Why does so little Scripture, and it's true, very little Scripture, talks to us about what heaven is? what heaven's like. Most of the verses people have used to talk about heaven, um, Isaiah 35, the end of Isaiah, Revelation 21, there's a host of others. Most of these verses, if you get into a study of them, they really are not talking about heaven. And so even the verses that we thought were talking about heaven really technically are not talking about heaven. There's not a lot, but there's some. But my question is, I'm thinking, why is it that so much scripture is dedicated to here? while so much of my life is dedicated to something beyond here. Um, and I, I don't know that it, there's any other circumstance where I get excited about what I do not have to tell you. Um, normally, I get nervous if I don't have a lot of information, and today, I'm excited that I don't. 
Um, because I want to reveal something. Eflagard Smith said this in his book on the afterlife. He said, I, he said, I'm curious if the absence of verses on, on heaven um, isn't one of the greatest clues. And I love it that he said that because God throughout Scripture is a God of, um, he likes to surprise his people. He takes Abraham and he says, I want you to go with me. And I'm not going to tell you what's ahead. I want you to step out in faith and I have something for you. Moses. Moses did not know about parting the Red Sea. He didn't know about man in the wilderness. He didn't know about what was ahead. I want you to step out. Did you know that the doctrine of the resurrection as a whole, you can try to find verses in the Old Testament. We can pull from here and there. The truth is the Old Testament says very little about a resurrection. I don't believe Job had a clue about a resurrection. There's some places where you look at it and say, it looks like they thought so. David in Psalm 23, what does he say? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Bold thing to say. But the truth is the Old Testament doesn't give us a lot. And that's why you had Pharisees and Sadducees. That's why you had these different groups is because there was an uncertainty. God says this about it. I'm going to... Uh, let's just look at First uh, Peter one ten. The prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently with the greatest care to try to find out about the time and the circumstance. And, and, and even the language reflects the nature of Christ's coming. It was revealed to them that they weren't serving themselves but you. And then he says something really powerful. Angels long to look into these things. In Colossians 1.26, Paul talks about his gospel as a mystery that has been kept hidden for ages. Now, I want you to think about something real quick. I brought you a present. I brought you all a couple of presents today. Um, think about a gift that you gave somebody that you were so excited to give to them, especially parents. You had a gift and you thought, man, I cannot wait. This is a big one. This is going to blow their mind. I've got something that, and, and you can't even keep it a secret. At Christmas, Melinda and I open any gift that we happen to get each other gets opened a month early. Okay, we don't keep secrets. We're terrible at keeping secrets from each other. Um, and you think about the a really amazing gift. One, one that I thought of was for a good friend of mine. Uh, this was about five years ago, and uh, he was coming to visit me. And by coincidence, um, one of his favorite people in the world, one of his childhood friends, somebody they hadn't talked in a long time, happened to be staying at my house when he came to visit me, and he didn't know it. And so I had her go upstairs and ask to Skype him, and he was, she was Skyping him from my upstairs bedroom, and he thought she was in a different state. And the whole time they're, they're going... And um, until finally I, I appeared on her camera in my own house. <laughs> How about this? He still didn't pick up on it for a little while. <laughs> and th- I know that's so embarrassing, so I'm not going to say who it was. But Zach Ellis. <laughs> he has to hear this sermon. That's awesome. Um, but one of those gifts that you give somebody, you're like, man, this is bigger than you know. This is a big one. Um, that is how God speaks about heaven in Scripture. It is something that so much of it, some of these questions, will we know each other in heaven? My grandpa, things like that. Is that something I'm going to be aware of 
when I go to heaven. There's a couple of verses I want to walk you through before I share a, a video with you. It says this in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 1. We know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have, it goes on to say, an eternal house in heaven. Now, it is God who has made us for this very purpose. Now, this verse is the verse I wanted to begin with. And here's the reason why. Look at these closing words carefully. It is God who has made us for this very purpose. Just the idea, and this isn't the only verse that indicates this, but just the idea that my entire purpose for living has not yet even been reached. Except for this, life in the Holy Spirit begins now. But this whole idea that my life was created for a purpose beyond this world. C.S. Lewis talks about that idea a lot. Also in um, John 14, 2, Jesus says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. That I, uh, why would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Um, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And this is the language we're given about heaven. I'm going to prepare a place the imagery is this. In Jewish culture, uh, I think I, I thank Ray Vanderlaan for this one. He's one of the ones that brought this out. But in Jewish culture, if you married into a family, they added on a room to the house. And you came in. And so the picture you're seeing here is a picture of intimate fellowship with God. And I'm going to talk about this towards the end. Also with one another. There is an intimacy in the picture of Jesus saying, in my Father's house are many rooms. We are adding you to our family is the idea. Um, in Matthew 8, oh, I'll come back to that one. Well, no. In Matthew 8, I say to you that many will come from east and west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And I just want to go ahead and plant the seed of this thought before we go on. The idea to me of heaven, of sitting in intimate fellowship with my heroes. And I believe this personally. There's some things in the sermon I'm just going to say, hey, this is how I feel about it. But to be able to sit down and I'm going to share life with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And they're not going to be historic figures. They are going to be my brothers and sisters. This is going to be my family forever. There's a whole lot, I believe, in Scripture about this one family being together, and that's a whole lot of what, uh, a lot about what heaven is. I want you to think about, and I, we are going to open this present. I got something for you. But um, I want you to think about people you know in this world that you will probably never see again. Um, and, and maybe you're like me, and you've got some. People that, that, that you're like, man, I've got church families in different countries. And, and that there's very, a very good chance I'm not going to see some of them again on this earth, on this planet. People that have made an amazing impact on your life. Family and, and other people that you're like, that's a part of me. Will I see them again? Will they be a part of me again? Or are we just going to be aberrations someday floating around in space and fellowship is with God, but this, was all, this is all going to be forgotten um, I, I don't think that's true at all. I do believe we know each other. And I'm going to talk about what Scripture has to say about that in just a moment. But um, I had a good friend. Uh, if you don't mind, dim the lights for me and uh, make sure our sound is ready. But um, I have a good friend that put together a video of another church that wants to share in our fellowship this morning. And um, they've put together a, a, a video 
um, about what heaven is to them. Um, and if we don't, if you don't mind dim the lights, we'll go ahead and, and play that now. Good morning, Meadowlark. For those of you who don't know, my name is Jamie Richter, and I'm currently an AIMS student working and serving in Mexico City. I asked some of my teammates and some of my brothers and sisters in the church body to answer the question, what does heaven mean to them, or what does the hope of heaven mean to them? Okay, heaven to me means reconciliation with God, and to be brought up to be in His presence, and to be with the saints, along with the other saints in God's presence. And it also means to me that uh, we will be fulfilling our purpose or the intention that God had when he made us, and that's to be in unity with him. He made us in the garden uh, to be, and we were with him, and then we fell. And when we go back to heaven, once again, we'll be in unity with him. And that's what I think it is, is unity with God. What is heaven for me? I love thinking, and sometimes it scares me, being in front of our Lord. I imagine a wonderful place surrounded by awesome landscapes and animals coexisting in harmony, living under God's grace. As John 14, 1-3 says, Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are, my, are many rooms. Heaven for me means that we're finally going to finish the race that Paul talks about his letters. Uh, I remember I watched this movie, uh, The Apostle Paul. It came out like three or four years ago, roughly. And I like the ending because it's when Paul, you know, uh, ends up finishing the race. And on the last clip, it just shows how he goes face to face with Christ. And I mean, all these emotions just came up. And for me, it just means that overfilling peace that eternity that God promises to us. What is the heaven for me? For me, the heaven is something that I can't imagine. I mean, I'm a creative person and I can't imagine the heaven. For me, it's something that is not physical. For me, the heaven is the hope and the reason for why we are here. Hi. Uh, heaven is uh, the place where we Christians expect to be one day uh, where God is with his people. So heaven is a place where God is and his people. Uh, we have, as Christians, we have the hope to be in heaven someday after judgment. So every Christian, every member of the church expect, has a hope to be uh, part of this uh, heaven. I so heaven to me is the restoration of all things the um the redemption of beauty that has been lost uh, and the restoration of things to the way they were originally designed by god so that's what i'm most looking forward to um the heaven for me i think it's gonna be wonderful better than this world this is my hope i feel like 
I'm happy because when I saw the world and all the stuff that is happening right now, the war, the mm -hmm. pollution, a lot of the stuff, I feel so sad how we can take care of all the creation of God. Mm -hmm. And I feel sad. But when I think in heaven, I just, I wonder like how, how beautiful it's going to be. Heaven to me is eternal communion with God and with the body of Christ. I think sometimes we can get too caught up in the details and, and everything so but I to me I don't, I don't think all the other details are truly gonna matter when we're in communion with the body and whenever we can finally see God face to face to me heaven is when we will finally have the chance to know God as well as he knows us and that's not something I thought of on my own I heard it in a class recently and it it really blew my mind to think about having that communion with God. We know that He knows us so, so deeply and He loves us. And I know that I love God, but I feel like I'm still missing the peace of knowing God better. And there's only a certain extent to which we can know Him as we are right now. But when we enter into that communion with Him forever, wow, that makes, that makes everything worth it. And I want to share that hope with as many people as possible. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you so, so much for all of the support that you, you've given me financially, in prayers, and thoughts. I really appreciate it, and I absolutely love what I'm doing here. Thanks for making it possible. Yeah, I know. that. Um, obviously, that was a surprise for the Richters, by the way. I, I had to not tell them about that video. Um, but... Um, Jamie is somebody who means a lot to us. And you, and you think about the work and what's happening in Mexico City. Um, and, and to think about family all over the world. And you think about it every single hour today. Every single hour somewhere in the world, a church and a family is meeting to worship and praise God. Every single moment all across this world. Family and church is so much bigger than a local assembly. It is so big. And to be a part of something someday, to be a part of a worship someday with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, this question, will we know each other in heaven? Um, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be in the Lord forever. This is a verse that has really been poisoned in my mind, and God is trying to refresh it and refresh its meaning for me. I want to put it in its context, because these are verses in, in 1 Thessalonians that talk about the resurrection, that talk about... Um, that death is not the end, that Christ will call the dead from the grave, that we will be together, and the key words here are with them. Um, these are verses that, for me, it, it talks about God will bring with, in verse 14, God will bring with those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we have... Um, we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. The reason these were poison to me is they're all good reasons. Is because I've been in a lot of debates and I've written a lot on the subject of the resurrection, the idea of the rapture, the end of the world, and these kinds of things. And these verses are typically used to talk about that and how you translate it and a lot of that. These verses simply say one major thing. This is the point. Death does not have the Amen. There is a resurrection. Christ will call us from the grave. 
What I love is this. It says, we will not precede them. They would rise first. In other words, this, and I know that there's some people that take this verse and say, it's going to happen in the future. Some people take this verse like me and say, no, this is a reality. That's not the point. This is the point. That those that I have loved that have gone on before me are this. They are with the Father. They are in a place of eternity, in a place of paradise. But look at these key words. Together with them. The promise of heaven is not simply with God. It is with them. And we will be with the Lord, and keyword again, forever. I want to talk to you a little bit about forever. Um, and that's the present I brought you. I brought you a box of forever. I'm going to open this up. And this is the illustration that I stole from Francis Chan. But at least I say I stole it from Francis Chan. But it was probably the greatest illustration I've seen in my life. Um, I'm terrible at this. Noah, I need your help. Noah, could you come help me? Um, so I just want you to picture this representing forever. Noah, would you just take this and go wherever you want to go with it? Um, and it's yours, but you can't tangle it. You can't tangle forever. I'm putting eternity in your hands. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but if you think about this, this is such a... We're going to tie everybody up. <laughs> Um, but if you, if you think about this black rope representing forever. Now, forever is a crazy concept. This is in Ecclesiastes 3, strange verse, but it's a powerful verse, that God has put eternity into the hearts of men. This idea of forever. How is it? <laughs> He's gone. He's going down the street, <laughs> going to some other church. <laughs> um. And, and this, check this out, this yellow, this yellow portion right here represents my brief life on this earth. That's it. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, it's over. And what blows my mind is, and I don't have the, I have more questions than answers, but what blows my mind is, why does God put the ability in this brief life for me to make this... How, Noah! <laughs> how, how does he put in this brief life this ability for me to make decisions about this... Keep going, keep going. That, decisions about this, and I'm going to make them here. Think about it. When you were a kid, why is it that college students, you know, just brain, just developing, no offense, but why is it at that crazy age in my life Do I have to make decisions about my career, my marriage? All of this stuff happens all at once, and I've just got a couple of years, and that's going to affect the rest of my life? Isn't that crazy? That's just talking about this life. And in this brief life that I have to live, I have this eternity, eternity, And I don't believe, and this isn't a message of, man, mess this up and you're going to have all of that to regret what you did here. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. That's not what I'm saying. I don't believe that I'm going to spend eternity in regret. But I do believe this, that on this side of things, if I could somehow see this, I'm going to, this is going to be different. And pain doesn't matter quite as much. And loss, of especially of loved ones, 
doesn't matter quite as much. Because I believe that Scripture teaches this. We fix our eyes on this right here. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what on is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The whole message this morning is this. I don't know much about heaven at all. And and the more I have studied Scripture, I've only lost Scriptures that I thought talked about heaven. I know this. Scripture gives us a confident promise. Let's... And I want you to open up with me, because this is a verse I want your eyes on. Um, I think 1 Corinthians 2.9. I want to just read this to you. Thank you, Noah. Did you go around twice? Right. It's, it's like 300 yards, so you got to, I mean, check this out. Thank you, Noah. 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, some of you who know this verse, don't get worried. I'm not going to miss the next verse here. But it, it, it does open by saying this. God, like a father who loves his children, loves to surprise his children. Throughout Scripture, he does it. I do believe the absence of an explanation of heaven in Scripture or what it is is partially due to the fact that, yes, I don't think our brains could handle that. But, but more importantly, I think it's because God has a nature that he loves to lay up something and see the look on his children's face when their jaws hit the ground and say this. Eternity. I'm not going to lose it. It's going to be the kind of beauty and greatness, and Jamie said it perfectly, intimate fellowship with God where she said this, that that I'm going to know him the way he knows me. That kind of fellowship and that kind of eternity. But it says this in verse 10, after it says, no mind is conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. It says, but God has revealed it to us by his Holy Spirit. It's saying this, the Holy Spirit right now in my life gives you a taste of what eternity is and what it looks like. Um, Paul said, if in this life only we had hope in Christ, we are of all men the most to be pitied. It is about something that is so much bigger, so much greater, so much beyond this life. And so it's what kills me when I think about this illustration. I lost the world. There we are. I, if, if I think about this rope, and how, how beautiful this promise is. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I come that they would have life and have it to its full. To have it abundantly. And that word doesn't just mean lateral, and it doesn't mean, it means everything. Fullest, to its, to its richest meaning, and then have it forever. And now in this world, it tells me this. And we are the audience that needs to hear this message. I need to hear this message. Here's why. Most of us live in lives of incredible comfort, historically speaking. Incredible comfort and incredible privilege. And there are very few people that are going to be more tempted to make their home in this world than us. Because we live in circumstances, beauty, 
stuff that we love, relationships that we love, and it's tempting to make our home here. But the darker this world gets, the more this promise becomes a reality. And I believe in this. Um, And so I want to just thank God. I want to close in a prayer and and thank God for the fact that we don't know. Um, The fact that he has just told us, listen, I've got something laid up for you. I've made a, a room for you, and I want you to be with me forever. And it leaves us with that. It also tells us this, that we're going to be gathered together, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, gathered together with those that have gone before us, together forever in the Lord. People in that video right there that I've never met, some of you guys have met, that one dude with a crazy deep voice. I mean, Milo was his name. Whoa, he can, he's got a voice. Um, I might know that boy forever. To have that kind of relationship, man, that is something. So what I pray that this message does for you this morning... I pray that it's a catalyst. I pray that it it really does motivate us to, for lack of a better word, missional thinking. Living in this world with purpose. Because I have something so much greater than this life laid up for me. That is the promise of Scripture. Let's uh, let's pray together. Uh, My God, I pray that you would set eternity in our hearts. That it would not simply be a a far-off hope, but it would be a reality that we would somehow put one foot there. Um, and God, live our life in this world with um, the same kind of spirit you put in Paul when he said he, w- he wanted so bad to depart and just be with you. But while he was here, he felt urgency. And I, I am asking for the same spirit in us. I want to lift up to you, Jamie. I want to lift up to you, Lalo. I want to lift up to you, the church in Mexico City. And Father, I just pray for your church around this world, God, that we would stop thinking um, denominationally and that we would stop thinking like we're just little sects, but we would stop start thinking like one body and we would consider ourselves one body and part of one purpose, that we would one in heart, soul, mind, spirit, everything and mission. And God, I thank you so much that we can't understand. I thank you, Father, that you have hidden some things from us. I praise you, Father, for giving us that anticipation Uh, But mostly, like Jamie said, God, just um, to really know you. To know you is more than a belief. To know you, God, I can't even, I, I don't even know what that must be like, but I cannot wait. I praise you so much, Father, for messages of hope. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship our God.